A Twist of Fate My father's last act before he died was to hand my brother Patrick a pawn ticket and apologise that it was all he had to leave anyone. Had he given us enough warning like another hundred years or so, we might have had enough money to put away to pay his funeral expenses. My mother had been making regular payments for thirty years to the society man, who came to her door every Friday night, rain or shine, to collect for the insurance policy. Over thirty years, the sixpences grew into shillings, then graduated to half-crowns and then to pound notes, but there was still not enough money on the policy to bury the da. We sorted that out. Someone knew someone who knew someone who knew someone who could get us a discount. The people on the street where we lived took up a collection to supplement the money from the insurance policy. Ad hoc fundraisers are always something you can depend on with the Irish. Daddy was buried on All Souls Day and was given the best send-off party that anyone ever saw, courtesy of the pub where he'd spent all his money. When he was finally laid in the ground, it occurred to us that we didn't have a headstone for the grave, nor did we have the money to get one. Patrick had the bright idea of making a simple wooden cross out of the headboard from our father's bed. The grave was bare for a couple of months while Patrick whittled and keened. Eventually the cross went up, but within no time someone had dumped it in the dumpster amongst the dead flowers. Simplicity wasn't appreciated at this graveyard. When my husband heard this tale of woe, he offered to start a fund for the headstone and chipped in a couple of hundred dollars. My brother Sean matched that amount and before we knew it we had enough money to put a marker on the grave. Sean and I went out to a quarry in Connemara because we wanted a Celtic cross made from the beautiful rich green Connemara marble. The price of the marble surprised us. We ordered a smaller cross in a paler shade of green than we had planned. Next we had to get the cross across Ireland from Galway to the graveyard in Dublin a distance of 90 miles. We asked some friends in Galway to take it in their truck, but when we got back to Dublin, the keepers of the graveyard refused to accept the cross because it wasn't purchased from them and didn't meet their specifications. The cross was supposed to have a concrete base with very specific dimensions. Well, the lads with the pickup truck had to go back to Galway and had no choice but to deliver the headstone to my mother's living room which was only a few blocks from the graveyard. You'd better cover it up, my mother told them. I don't think I want to be looking at that blank spot they've left for my name when my time comes, God help me. So the Celtic cross, with our father's name and the epitaph, No Better Man, his favourite description of himself, was left in the living room. The funds had all dried up. In a strange case of wonders never cease, My handsome debonair brother Patrick began dating one of the heirs to the Guinness fortune. Before flying off for a weekend in Barbados, he thought he should bring the lady home to meet his mother. The heiress had only a limited knowledge of working-class Irish culture and was unfamiliar with any custom involving headstones in the living room. When the yarn was unraveled, she took out her checkbook and wrote a big one to cover the costs of installing the cross at the graveyard. 
It was a popularly held belief that our father was conceived on Guinness, weaned on Guinness, and in the end, he was saved from the disgrace of an unmarked grave by Guinness. And in the bargain, he got back some of the money he had squandered over the decades on that thick black brew.